live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. If you were with us during the 4 o'clock hour, which we certainly hope you were, if not, we thank you for joining us. Perhaps you're just finishing up work, getting on your way home, and just tuned us in. So thank you for joining us for Hour 2. Sean Robertson from CBS 6 co-hosting on this Thursday afternoon, as he does each and every week. Bob Black with you here in our ESPN Richmond studios. AJ is producing. We'll have time for phone calls a little bit later in the hour, 804-327-0888. But we're going to lead off hour number two talk a little baseball to get it started nats baseball specifically al galdi nats chat podcast joins us of course we chat with al about many topics we'll probably get into a little washington commanders as well during this segment but we're going to lead it off with the baseball talk and the nats chat podcast which you hear on sundays here on 1061 espn al good afternoon how are you Hey, good. How are you doing? Doing great. So I'm I'm uh, kind of scanning through the Twitter feeds here, and I'm on the Nats Chat podcast Twitter feed at Nats underscore Chat. And relatively speaking, Al, this is kind of giddy stuff for the first day of June for this Nats team. When I read to those who've been following the Nats rebuild, it's very clear what the next step is: get out of last place, and that could happen this weekend overtaking the defending National League champion Philadelphia Phillies. That's relatively heady stuff, isn't it, Al? It is. I mean, you know, it does kind of capture where the bar is at. Uh, But, yes, it is. And the Nationals, make no mistake, are having an encouraging season given where things were last season and given what expectations were coming into this season. It's a funny thing. I mean, the Nats have the second-worst record in the National League. The record is 24-32. and 32. The run differential is minus 28. When this team was having nothing but winning seasons from 2012 through 2019, you know, we would have uh, turned our noses at uh, such a predicament, right? 24-32 and 32 next to last in the National League. But it's all about perspective. This team last season had the worst record in the majors, the worst run differential in the majors. Things are better this season, including from a standpoint of just the eye test. And the eye test can be deceiving, and the eye test is tricky, and you got to be careful with the eye test. But if you're watching these games, the team is better. The games are competitive. The Nats are doing a lot of things well this season that the team did not do well last season, like uh, execute starting pitching and uh, play de- defense well for the most part. Um, and so you're seeing a better product on the field, and you're seeing a product – that is being uh, done, for the most part, by younger players, guys who are potential pieces moving forward. I think one of the real disheartening things about last season and the season before that was that the losing was happening with older players and guys who felt like, you know, were kind of roads to nowhere in terms of uh, the long term with this team. But, you know, this season and watching the likes of Kbert Ruiz and Luis Garcia and C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray and Lane Thomas, you're seeing guys who could be here for a while and could be real key pieces here for a while. You know, like you look at what happened on Wednesday, that 10-6 win at the best team in the National League, the Dodgers. Uh, the Nats in that game hit five home runs. Two of the homers were by Kaybert Ruiz. One of the homers was by Luis Garcia. Another one of the homers uh, was by C.J. Abrams. So the young players contributing, uh, that's been a really cool and uh, welcome thing to see this season. Hey, Al, how much credit should we give Dave Martinez, because he was in a really difficult spot coming off 
of you know winning a World Series a few years ago, and then basically starting from scratch with a basically all new roster. And yet, as you have said a few weeks ago, even when they lose, it's a competitive loss. It's not a blowout loss. It's not a loss that you know some people said, oh, you know this is not going to work. How much credit does Martinez get for this rebuild in Washington? Yeah, I think he gets a good amount for the improved product. You know, it's tricky with managers these days because uh, general managers now really are the driving forces of teams in a way that was not the way in the past. It used to be that GMs were almost anonymous and managers were the stars. Like, you go back to the days of yesteryear, you know, the Earl Weavers and the Tommy Lasordas and the Tony LaRussas and, you know, people like that, the Bobby Coxes. That's not how baseball is now. Uh, baseball really is driven now from a management perspective by the front offices, by the baseball ops departments. And so managers are, are sort of seen as interchangeable. But that said, managers do matter. Like, if having a bad manager can wreck you. Having a really good manager can really elevate you. It's tough with Davey because if you are objective about things, he's only had one good season here in terms of the record, and that was the World Series championship season of 2019. Mm-hmm. And other seasons have been disappointing-slash-losing seasons. Uh, 2018, not a losing season, but a disappointing season. And then 2020 through uh, now, nothing but losing seasons. But we know that those losing seasons have not been on him. Those losing seasons have had to do with things beyond him. I think that Davey is a good manager, not a great manager, not an elite manager, but I think he's a good manager. I think he showed that from a a tactical standpoint with how he navigated the Nats, having a really bad bullpen uh, en route to winning that championship in 2019. And when it comes to the now, you know, it's not so much the strategy from Davey that you're seeing, although you do see it a little bit, but Davey Martinez is very good at managing people and managing personalities. And one of the things that I think Davey deserves a lot of credit for is with as much losing as the Nats have had in recent seasons, with as much ugliness on the field as the Nats have had in recent seasons, you have had basically zero ugliness off the field in terms of like issues in the clubhouse, anonymous quotes, things of that nature. You've had nothing like that. Think about all of the ugliness we've had with other Washington, D.C. area teams. The Wizards <laughs> have had a lot of ugliness. The Commanders have had a lot of ugliness. You have not had that with the Nationals. Like They have lost with dignity, if, if such a thing exists. You know what I mean? Like there, it, it hasn't gotten off-putting, and I think Davey deserves a lot of credit for that, because in other seasons, there have been problems. You know, in 2015, there was a very famous fight in the dugout mm-hmm. between Bryce Harper and Jonathan Papelbon. Uh, there have been issues in the past between Nats players and managers. You know, Matt Williams had problems with players. Jim Riggleman uh, and Jason Worth had some issues. You don't hear about any of that with Davey. Now, that doesn't mean that none of that can't exist. Maybe all parties involved are doing a good job of concealing that from us. But the sense that I get in talking to people is, no, I mean, Davey runs a good clubhouse. And, you know, these are good people, and they get along. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the product on the field isn't yet where we want the product to be. But Davey deserves a lot of credit, I think, for sort of keeping uh, the ship stable uh, in these trying times. Al Galdi talking some Nats with us on the Sports Huddle here in the 5 o'clock hour this afternoon, and they're coming off of that win over the Dodgers that you alluded to, Al, and you talked about the home runs. That had to be a head-turner, right, for the Nationals to hit five home runs in a game, not only the quantity, but as you pointed out, the guys who hit those home runs. Yeah, and, you know, hitting home runs is not something this Nationals team does Mm -hmm. with any kind of frequency. Mm -hmm. The Nats, for this regular season, have hit a total of 44 home runs, Five of the 44 were hit in just that one game on Wednesday. 
nearly 12% of all of your Nats homers this season came in that one game <laughs> on Wednesday. So that was stunning to see the Nats hit the five homers like that. Uh, I really hope the Nats get going from a home run hitting standpoint because what's interesting with the Nats is this. Their starting pitching actually isn't that bad. Their offense from the standpoints of on-base percentage and batting average, actually not that bad. If this team could actually get going in the home run department, you might actually see the Nats, you know, flirt with getting to 500, maybe even beyond that. Like, the home run is a beautiful thing. The Nats did not play the cleanest of games on Wednesday, but when you hit five homers, that masks so many other deficiencies. Like, the homer is the ultimate equalizer in baseball. It's like, you know, the three-point shot in basketball, you know, the explosive play in football. And so if the Nats can get going from a home run hitting standpoint, that's a big if, and I don't know that that's going to happen. But if it did, especially as the weather warms up here, uh, that could change some things with this season. So uh, I hope that what we saw on Wednesday is a sign of what's to come. You led me to my next question, Al, because I was going to say, I know it's just one game, but it was against the Dodgers. They overcame an early you know, deficit to rebound and win that game and avoid the sweep. What can a game like that, how can a game like that maybe – springboard maybe a stretch of maybe them winning maybe five of eight six of ten something to that degree can a game like that uh springboard this young group into a you know a, a, a good hot stretch going into june i think it certainly could i mean you know with the caveat of it is just one game but the dodgers are elite i mean the dodgers yeah. again are the best team in the national league and you look at baseball over the last decade a few teams have done as well as the dodgers have done I think it's worth noting, too, this series at the Dodgers started a stretch of uh, some difficult opposition here for the Nats. You know, three games at the Dodgers. you got these three upcoming games against the Phillies, who are not having a very good season but still are quite talented. Then you have a three-game series against an Arizona team that's been one of the bigger surprises Mm -hmm. in baseball. Then you have a three-game series at the Atlanta Braves, who have been the class of the National League East for years now. Then you have a three-game series at the Houston Astros, who have had tremendous success mm. in recent years, even since the cheating scandal. So the schedule is stiffening here. So you're playing some big boy teams. One thing to keep in mind with the Nats having done you know, reasonably well, given expectations, is that the schedule lately has not been the stiffest. The Nats have played some bad teams. Now, the Nats don't need to apologize for beating anyone. But you know, if you're being objective about it, like the, the competition has not been you know, sky high. It's getting harder here, uh, starting with this series at the Dodgers and now moving forward. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Nats do. But a win like that on Wednesday, you avoid a three-game sweep. You do something you had not done all season, which is have a game in which you erupt offensively like that with five home runs. You know, I think that does sort of signal, hey, we can compete with the big boys of baseball. And, you know, looking ahead, you do have a good number of big boys coming up here. Hey, in our closing moments, Al, let's transition out of that. Does that optimism carry over to what you're feeling, seeing, and hearing from the Washington Commanders right now, even though we are obviously three months plus away from a meaningful snap being taken by them? Yeah, well, you know, if you can't be optimistic in May and June as a Commanders fan, when can you be optimistic? Uh, Look, I think there is a path by which the Commanders are a playoff team this coming season. The Commanders barely missed making the playoffs last season. Like, Mm -hmm. I I know last season did not go how anyone wanted it to go and certainly did not end in a way that we wanted the season to end in terms of all those losses until Week 18. But it's not like the Commanders have missed the playoffs really the last two years uh, by a wide margin. What this team needs, and you know, I'm not breaking news in saying this, is is just for the offense to be decent. You don't need to have an elite-level offense. 
You just need to have an offense that isn't, say, like in the bottom third of the NFL. And that's going to hinge on three things. Eric Bieniemy, Sam Howell, and this revamped offensive line. And if all three of those things work to any, any reasonable extent, you know, it doesn't have to be that all three are outstanding. But if all three are in effect to where you at least feel pretty good about those things, you know, the enemy does a pretty good job at least. Sam Howell is decent as a quarterback. The revamped offensive line is, you know, not the woeful O-line we saw last season, but maybe something closer to what we saw in those 2020 and 2021 seasons. I really feel like this can be a playoff team. I don't think the roster is bad. I don't think it's like a top five roster in the NFL, but I do think it's like, say, a middle-of-the-pack roster. I think there's talent on this team. And I just don't look at this team and say to myself, boy, this team has, you know, 4-13 and written all over it. Now, we know how the league can go. You expect the unexpected. Obviously, if you get ravaged by injury, things can be derailed. Um, obviously, if Sam Howell is really bad, you know, this could be a really bad season. But I think if you are a Commanders fan and you are bullish on the team, I think you do have reason to be bullish. So, you know, uh, we'll see. I mean, nothing's guaranteed. It's such a weird time right now as a Commanders fan because we're waiting on this sale to be finalized, and, like, nothing matters more with this team than the sale of the team. <laughs> but at the same time, you, you still have all the football stuff happening. And so it's like you have these dual realities. You know, you have the reality of the off-the-field stuff with the sale and Dan Snyder and the Josh Harris group, and then you have this other reality of, oh, yeah, the football and Ron Rivera year four and Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy and all this other stuff. So it's almost like you're following two teams as a fan of this team right now. But um, – but I do think there's reason to be hopeful. I, I really do. Well, it keeps us busy. That's for sure. Keeps keeps yeah. us talking. Bullish and optimism. Let's leave it at that for today, Al. That's <laughs> that's pretty good stuff. Appreciate your time to start us here in the 5 o'clock hour, and I know we'll be catching up with you soon. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. <laughs> Al Galdi, uh, Nats Chat Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at Nats underscore chat. We air the podcast here on Sunday morning as well. They do one every day. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. After every Nats game, uh, he and Mark Zuckerman are on with the Nats Chat Podcast. You can catch it each and every day that the Nats play the morning after, and then we'll talk more commanders as well. He's always very objective and very knowledgeable, Al Galdi. Mm-hmm. So to hear him as optimistic as he was about both the Nats and the commanders today i think it actually speaks volumes i don't care if it is june 1st i totally agree with what he said about the commanders it's going to be the enemy obviously the quarterback that's that's the combination that's going to go hand in hand and that offensive line when the offensive line has not played well you've seen the results especially at quarterback multiple quarterbacks have Mm -hmm. started it's resulted in you know three four game losing streaks and them not making the playoffs if if Howe can be upright most of the season, is healthy, if that offensive line, if they can play together at least, I'm going to say at least 14 games. They may not be able to play all 17, but if they can play together collectively for 14 games, I think they got a, they got a shot to get one of those wild cards. They may not win the division, but let's, let's take the, the baby step, which would be a wild card spot. It would be needed. Ryan Rivera no would need it. There's no doubt Especially about that. Especially with the, with the whole ownership. You exactly. know, this – I won't say the the it, the seat is hot; it's simmering. But if if they fall flat on their face this year, you might hear those. Oh yeah, you know Rivera's got to be gone. I think it's organically hot because anytime you have an ownership no change, an owner wants to come in, bring in his own right. his own people. So I think it's automatically hot, and then winning and losing will impact it as well. I think he framed it really well. It's almost like you're you're following two different teams yep. here. You're following the front office team, mm-hmm. and then you're following the team on the field. And it's the fr- pretty and intriguing. If, and if the front office team wins, 
Then you're going to see the bandwagon get full again. Plenty of room right now. Oh, no question. Plenty of room. Plenty of room. Come on. (laughs) All right. Uh, A little more than 15 minutes down in the 5 o'clock hour. Here's where we're headed in the next 45. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Uh, Fascinated or pained, as it would be in my case. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider, switch to James River Air. You can save up to 30%. More details available for you online at jamesriverair.com. Pained because I'll give you all the day baseball. It's a bit of travel day for a lot of teams, so plenty of day baseball today the Mets completed the three-game sweep of the Phillies beat them four to two today Max Scherzer was outstanding one earned run nine strikeouts one walk in winning his fifth game of the season beat the former Met Taewon Walker who fell to four and three on the year and his ERA is almost at six that's a great signing by the Phillies that's our spy (laughs) yes it is (laughs) Mets win that one four to two complete the sweep and that's why the Phillies are only one game ahead of the Nationals uh, for last place in the National League East right now. All right, day games that were final. The Blue Jays beat the Brewers 3-1 uh, to one in Toronto today, and the Padres pummeled the Mar- Marlins 10-1 to one this afternoon down there in Miami. One of those Miami teams can't be doing well, right? They got the Florida Panthers and the Stanley Cup Finals. They got the Miami Heat the NBA Finals. Uh, so the Marlins got drubbed today. Uh, they're right around 500, 10 to 1 by the Padres. In progress, the Rockies lead the Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks 2 to nothing, top of the six. Uh, after they finish with the Rockies today, the D-backs open a series with the Atlanta Braves mm. tomorrow night. So that's a that's a big series. As Al mentioned, uh, Diamondbacks, one of the surprise teams so far, 10 games over 500 in the National League. Braves are off tonight, which means you do get game one of the NBA Finals, 7.30 airtime, 8.30 tip time for Denver and Miami in game one from Denver. All right, we are wide open the rest of the way. Would love to interact with you. 804-327-0888. He's Sean Robertson. I'm Bob Black. The guy on the other side of the glass is AJ. He's the producer, and he's ready to hit the button as we take a timeout at 20 after 5 on the Sports Huddle. All right, it's 523 here on the Sports Huddle. The feel-good edition on a Thursday Sean and Bob with you here in our studio. AJ behind the glass. I haven't said that in a long time doing radio. <laughs> Isn't that cool to say? Yeah, yeah it's AJ great. behind the glass producing. Our and it broadcast. really is true. There it have is. been years when we used to say that, but we were all in the same room yeah. together. But we can actually say it's that actually we're, we're true. in this, we're in this yeah. other studio, and yeah. and there is a glass yep. between us, yep. and AJ is is producing that. Yeah, and I believe we have Reggie on the phone. Is that is that true? Is that true, AJ? We got Reggie on. I got Reggie. All right, Reggie. Good evening, gentlemen, to the Wall of Famer and future Eric Moore, CIAA Hall of Famer Media, and to the future Richmond Spider Hall of Famer Bob Black. That's gentlemen. absolutely. He should be in the Spiders Hall of Fame. No question. I am every year because I get to MC it. That's the only way. That's the only way. <laughs> we don't talk about physically. We're talking about literally, oh, brother. Yes. yes. That's what I mean. The only way it's happening is And like, somebody else will host that. No, well, you no, do double you duty. Did both. You'll do- if you did both, I can You're do both. Double duty? Yeah. <laughs> Deal. I will be there to see it. What's up, Reg? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank Bruce for giving the Miami <laughs> Heat the KOD. Wow. Kiss up death. death. Yeah. <laughs> wow. As Mike Greenberg said, I'm like, Bruce, I got a chance to go to Vegas. Don't say it. Don't say it. Then he said, I said, oh, gee. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Bruce, 
please, no, Bruce, don't do it. Don't do it. He but did he it. Did it. He did it. He, he did it. Now Miami's that's it, the kiss of death. But guys, speaking of kiss of death, it seems like Shannon Shop is telling Steve, is telling uh Kid Bellis to kiss his you know what, and he's out of there. What you guys thought about that? I did see that. I, I was, did too. Um it'll be interesting to see who, who is next on the in the rotation after Shannon Sharp, because mm-hmm. uh, allegedly that was Skip Bayless's uh personal choice in having him on <laughs> undisputed. And uh that won't be the case after the NBA final. Supposedly he's gonna be uh he's gonna be done. I vote that. Matt Joseph and uh, Matt Matt Joseph. Joseph. I wanna watch that. <laughs> Matt Joseph <laughs> Put Barkley on there for a week. Let's see how long that'll oh, last. Oh, no. <laughs> he'll ring Skip Bell's neck. He'll be P.J. Commissioner again getting choked. He'll choke him on there. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. You know, it'll be interesting because uh, this is, I guess, really the first time that a co-host of his has actually left the show. He left mm-hmm. first take to start up Undisputed. Stephen A. Smith came on to be a part of that show until he left. But this is the first time somebody actually has left that franchise huh. to yeah. do his own thing. So, it, 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 you know, maybe it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting how that last show plays out. Is Boy, it talked about? Is there. it is it mentioned? And how how will that look? How will Skip kind of broach the subject if it's if it's brought up? <laughs> That'll be interesting. My my thing, Skip and him got into it big time with Brady. Then another incident they got into it. I'm like, you might just go ahead and pack your bags and leave before you slap Skip. <laughs> got the temperature. <laughs> drinking that Shay Shay uh, liquor he got in the Shay Club Shay Shay. Club Shay Shay. Somebody getting slapped. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, but Sean, is the coach of John Marshall basketball moving on or what? I keep hearing people tell me he's moving on to another job. I haven't heard that. Now, I've been out of the loop a little bit, but uh, we we mm-hmm. talked, and he just received uh, it was the Lucille Brown Impact Award from RPS, and he had I mean I have not heard from him or anybody in his in his circle that he was moving on. I would I would be shocked given what he has meant to that to that program, what he has meant to the John Marshall community. Um, you know if he if he does, it'd be great for him personally. Um, but mm-hmm. I think John Marshall would do everything in their power. To to keep him there, so I, I have yeah. not I have not heard uh, uh, about that. Well, it's interesting. Some in these new high school football coaches are moving around. Even TJ got a new coach, and every time I look, it seems like a new coach is coaching on the football side. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Way of the world, yes. Way of the <laughs> right, world, even at the high school level. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, Unbelievable. Yep. Well, gentlemen, great job as always. And tell Bruce, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> he, he, he gave him the kiss of death. So it'll probably be a four-game sweep now. Wow. Thank you, Bruce. Well, I appreciate it. Nah. It won't be. It won't be four. I, I got Miami at six, but with All Bruce right. picking Miami, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, wow, you no. guys are on the same side. How about that? Miami and no. six. Yeah, that's what he said, right? He, yeah, he, he, said, picked, Miami he said Miami and six. And six. Win it, he will win it at home. Yeah. They will uh, win it at home. And yeah. I'm saying they're going to lose it at home. Yeah. They lose it in game six at home. I think that's the match. I think everybody's going with six. Are they? I, okay. I don't I don't see a sweep, and I don't see – I mean, I don't think it's going to be a gentleman's sweep, and I don't see it going seven. If if they do go seven, Miami's got to win tonight. Denver and five. Mm. 
Oh, wow. And AJ, AJ goes Denver in AJ five. AJ says five. They're going to win it in Denver. And Jacoby Brissett to start Call the Washington Redskins. Right. That's right. That was the other part. <laughs> no. Hi, Reg. Thanks, Thank pal. Yeah. Thanks, Reg. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett will be the commander's starting quarterback for their opening game. Week one? That's what he said? That's, Jacoby Brissett? saying that. Really? He's going to beat out Sam Howe you, or Howe's going to get hurt or something, right? You know who backed right? me on that? The sports king. The king of sports. Jamie, Jamie king. king. Me and Jamie King. He says the same thing, huh? Well, they brought him for a reason. Well, then it must be true. They brought him for a reason. So it's, you know, Rivera saying it's a, it's a, you know, it's a competition for. It, but to me, it is Howell's job to lose. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is his job to lose. If you basically did not draft a quarterback and you didn't get a significant free agent quarterback this offseason, you're saying it is Howell's job to lose. I agree. Let's get one more in before the break at the bottom of the hour. Dolphin Dave, good afternoon. How are you, my friend? Hey, Bob, I'm doing great today. I hope you're doing well. And I just want to ask you a question. You know, we're, I'm older than you, but not that much older. And I have decided that listening to you and the professionalism you have is how do I get a job, talk about sports, get paid high six figures, and to be able to take 10 days off in a row? If I could just have that job, I'd be set up for life like Bob Black does. Well, okay, so, I would like that job, too, because there was a certain part in there that absolutely is not true. <laughs> what? The 10-day? No, the not the 10-day. I am doing the 10-day thing. I can't I can't hide that. <laughs> and I'm not telling you the oh. salary, but I can tell you that's the one. The, the only, well, the only way it's... High six was, I, I, think, I thought it was going low with high six. With a, with a decimal point in there, maybe. We're going six. If he's figures. making high six. I'm, I want that job. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no, that ain't... Listen, Real quick, real quick, real, real quick, real quick, real quick. The Mets swept the Phillies. I got you, Dave. I got no, you. No, I wasn't. Gonna, what, I was. That would have been unworthy of me to say that. <laughs> I was not going to bring that up. Maybe at the end, but I was going to not bring it up. Miami's coach, interestingly enough, I saw this the other day and I really liked it. Is close friends with the Heat's coach, mm-hmm. and he has been leaning on the Heat's coach, basically winning things and stuff. With this. The guy from the Heat does have. You know, he has he knows how to win as one for a long time, and I thought it was interesting that they become good friends with the guy our coach in Miami, and has basically been learning, you know, kind of some of the nuances, not just you know winning nuances. And I think it's great the fact that he's leaning on. And I believe I saw that uh, our coach was actually at all four Miami games in Miami. Um, so I thought that's why I just share that with you that they apparently have become close friends and he's really been kind of taking lessons from the Heat's coach on how basically to be a winner, which I thought was great. I think that's really cool that coaches like that can, you know. I I didn't hear the coach. So Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins head coach, has spoken glowingly about Eric Spolstra and how they've they've gotten this um, friendship going, this business relationship. Mm -hmm. They trade, you know, ideas all the time amongst the the two of them. It's pretty cool. I agree. That is good. Good point, Dave. It's just really neat. I'm really looking forward to the season. And I know you're coming up with a break, so I'm going to let you guys go. And Bob, it's great to hear your voice. And one other thing, let's go Mets. I knew he was going to say <laughs> that. I knew it. I wish I had the button, but I don't. Wow. AJ has the button, and he's a darn Mets fan he also. He can talk all he Yeah, so he can talk. Oh, we, we can go right past man. the break here. Oh, you guys. Hey, Thank Bob, you, Dave. Can I say one other thing real quick? Sure. Okay. This week, I'm not bringing this up. It's going to be interesting to see. But you know, this year your football team plays my football team. Ooh, where? I think they're in Philly. Oh, I was going to say, let's go to Miami. Oh, I'd be all over I think, that. Well, I could go. Now, let me tell you the sad part of this. 
my son-in-law, who I dearly love, is in the Navy Reserve, and he's a big um, Eagles fan. And I tried talking out of it, but he's an Eagles fan. <laughs> and I had all plans, and seriously, let's just the two of us go for a couple of days in Philly. You can go and see the game and come back. And the Navy called him up, and he will be in Bahrain when oh. they are playing. All right. Well, we thank him for. I thank him for his service and his support of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, he's 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 very good people. And the, the only uh, lining in this is come August, my nine month old granddaughter and my daughter will be living with us, and I am looking forward to that. You should. Well done. Well said, Dave. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys. Let's roll. Um, hey, as we go to break, do want to remind you again, we've been doing this as much as we can. We're going to talk more about it uh, next week, June 9th and 10th, coming up next weekend, Special Olympics at the University of Richmond. You can be out there, experience the power of sport, be a cheer volunteer. That's all you got to do is go out and cheer them. It's at the University of Richmond next Friday and Saturday. Go on out there and support them. You've heard our conversations about Virginia Special Olympics. We'll do more on it next week as well. And if you want more information right now, go to ESPNRichmond.com. Again, remember, everybody can shine at Special Olympics Virginia. The summer games, June 9th and 10th at the University of Richmond. Past the bottom of the hour, coming back, Sean and Bob returning after the break, 106.1 ESPN. The Atlanta Braves are the reigning NL East champions, and we're your home for all things Braves. Catch every game of the 2023 season on 1061 ESPN Richmond, presented by our friends at Park and Go. Well, I have certainly gotten in a much better mood since this show started at 4 o'clock on the heels of being despondent and downtrodden because the Phils got swept by the Mets. But we had great conversation with Kevin Winter from ESPN Radio on the uh, NBA, and Al Galdi was super optimistic on the Nats and on the Commanders. And, of course, it's a feel-good Thursday because Sean from Channel 6 is in here co-hosting. And I can look ahead a little bit and tell you about a great event that's coming that's also put me in a good mood later this summer. And you may remember we helped promote this event last year, and I wound up going to the event and had an absolute blast. And that's the Beer, Bourbon, and Barbecue Festival. And obviously we did our job last year, and so did the community that came out and supported it because it's coming back this year. It's going to be July 29th up there at Meadow Event Park, where it was last year. Again, Beer, Bourbon, and Barbecue Festival up there in Doswell. Remember, we had our guy uh, Greg Nivens come into the studio. He brought some uh, different unique selections of bourbons with him. Did a little taste testing. Wow. Yeah, even on the air. Did a oh, little taste testing. to do testing. that on the air there. Yeah, we did. And then we went to the actual event okay. and had an absolute blast. So I've got it already on my calendar. Uh, for July 29th at Meadow Event Park. We're going to have free tickets. We're going to give away tickets as we get closer to it. Uh, and I'm excited to get back out there. Maybe Greg will come back in with the unique samples and we'll oh, try and schedule them on a Thursday that. I when, like when, that. when I you're like here. That. Um, and even better, if you're really interested, this thing is a, a touring road show. And I mean that in a complimentary way. This thing goes everywhere. Like it's been in Tampa and Atlanta and Charlotte. And coming up this weekend, it's in Northern Virginia. So it's pretty close to Richmond. So Mm -hmm. if you'd like to get an early taste for our Beer, Barbon, and Barbecue Festival on July 29th, this Saturday, June 3rd, it's at the Bull Run Special Events Center 
in Centerville, Virginia, up there in Northern Virginia. And if you'd like to go, there's they got a website just for this weekend's event, nova.beerandbourbon.com. Nova, N-O-V-A, dot bourbon.com. And I already went to the website because I'm actually going up that way this weekend. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to make a stop or not, but I wouldn't mind. So there again this year, it's June 3rd from noon until 6 and there's all sorts of information on the website about where that that location is in Centerville and you can get up there and go to it. I would highly recommend it and then it's coming to to Richmond to the Meadow Event Park up there in Doswell July 29th and we'll have free tickets to give away but that's put me in a better mood as well cuz I'm excited about that. We had a blast when Greg came in here. Uh that was some that was some great radio. Nobody slipped. We had a little taste test. And then we got out there for the event. It was really a lot of fun. So more on that coming up on the Beer, Bourbon, and Barbecue Festival at Meadow Event Park in Doswell on July 29th. And again, if you're interested in making the trek up to Northern Virginia this weekend for the event this Saturday, nova.beerandbourbon.com. Well, right. bring, bring them in. Bring them in. <laughs> bring them on. Bring them in and bring that bourbon, yeah. too. It was fun. It was a really fun event. And being out there was a really good time. Great location. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and again, so that's how put me in a better mood today as well. Nothing can go wrong with a nice adult beverage every Correct. once in a while. So we go beer, bourbon, baseball, and barbecue. There you go. You know, once things hey. turn around a little bit. So, uh, Flying Squirrels in the midst of two straight weeks at home. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they're home tonight. Yep. Yep. Good Struggling, weather. though. They, they, they are. Like, yeah. You know, with some injuries and also some call-ups, uh, the team has looked a little different than the one that first uh, started the year in April. and. You know, right now they are in. I think next to the next to last in mm. the in the division. They used to be. They were leading. Yeah, uh, doing pretty good. But they're now seven. I think the record is seven and seventeen or seven and eighteen since May third. So some struggles. But hopefully they'll turn it around. Fans don't care. They sold it out last night. I yes, think. They right. Did. Yep. That's pretty amazing. Yep. On a Wednesday night. Midweek game, mm-hmm. and they still school. The place. You know, so, and, some, right? Last week or some two school of school, systems right? are still in yep. school, and you got almost ten thousand. Yeah, over at the diamond. So yeah, I mean that's Parnie that's what Parnie getting it done. Doesn't he keeps he? he keeps harping that point, and the community continues to listen. You know, we're more about not not about you know the games. We want to bring memories or, or create memories on the field, but also off the field. And they certainly done that. And hopefully, with the new stadium, whenever that happens, yeah. You know, <laughs> and it is such an interesting dichotomy, I guess, because the fans go out there to have a good time. They root for the home, root, root for the home team. But yeah. at the end of the night, it's about having a good time. But for those guys playing, this is their livelihood. They they no they want to perform well. They want to win. They want to individually do mm-hmm. well and be successful and eventually get to the big leagues. Right. I remember I remember talking to the manager about that. I was like, well, how, you know, how do you. You know, there's that fine line. Yeah. You want these guys to succeed. You want them to play well. However, you know, if they do perform well, obviously they're going to get called up, whether it's Sacramento or to the Giants. So how do you do that fine line? He was like, you know, our number one goal is to, you know, build these players mm-hmm. up and, ha- and, and, and have them at a level where they do get that call up. Absolutely. And then the next step is when they get called up, then the next guy moves in. They've got to perform just as well for this to continue. That's going to be the thing when you get from high A or single A to this level. Mm-hmm. That's that's now the development process of, okay, we know what they can do here in Richmond. They can develop the guys and perform at the next level. Can the, you know, what is it, Eugene, I think it's the high A, pro, not maybe in Eugene. Be. Yeah. Um, 
can we develop those guys so when they come to Richmond, there's not a significant drop off? Yeah, that's and that's been the that's been the issue. John O'Connor had a really good story the other day on on how the Giants develop their pitchers. Yes, and and the limits that they mm-hmm. put on their pitchers, so that if you go to the diamond and you're watching the squirrels pitching, literally you could be throwing a no hitter through five innings. He's coming out because mm-hmm. he's hit whatever seventy five pitches, yep. and they want they don't want to overwork these guys. So and their bullpen is like they have pitched the most innings in the Easter League this year, but they have the second best ERA at like just under I think it's at two point eight. That's really the good. bullpen. That's that's really good, but you won't see a guy maybe win five, six, maybe ten games this year because they do have that it's a really strict limit Mm -hmm. no matter how you do you're going after that after that pitch count regardless yep and so for for that bullpen to be that successful even though the record doesn't show up for them to be that good this year with that many innings pitched it's a testament to the pitching the pitching coaching the coaching staff Mm -hmm. with the pitchers uh for them to continue that absolutely All right, we'll continue for one more segment. Let's get our final break in here, and we'll wrap it up for you. Uh, Coming up after a timeout with Sean Robertson, I'm Bob Black. Thanks for tuning in. Sports Huddle, 106.1 ESPN. Heading out of the 804, don't miss a second of the best sports coverage in Richmond. Follow us now on iHeartRadio at 1061 ESPN Richmond for 24-7 access to your home for sports in the capital city. Bob actually gave us something to talk about in this last segment. I did. Yeah, well, you know, we were having our little notes here talking about uh, <laughs> yeah, talking about the arenas. You know, uh, well, actually, it was AJ brought it up when he did his poll question. He said, "What will actually come? What 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 will actually take place first? <laughs> was it a new new baseball stadium, a rich or, new Richmond, a stadium. new Richmond stadium, or uh, Snyder leaving uh, the uh, the Commanders?" And I thought about we were talking about uh, what the A10 did. And actually having their women's basketball tournament in 24 and also in 25. We won't even tell Sorry. you what's going on in here. I've got my headset tangled in the wheel of the chair. <laughs> I was going to let them take their imagination. I, 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 Bob was looking for bourbon. Yeah, that he was. was he was. See, we could have went with that. <laughs> I'm stuck, people. I'm stuck. We could have said he's looking for bourbon. It's not down there. Down it's there not on, the, it's floor. Not on the floor. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you because no, no, it no. is a good good point you're bringing up. But we're talking about like the uh, the, the new arena. And then the the convention. I guess is I guess we're yeah, talking about the con- it's, called it's called the convention center, the Heriko, like but it's a new Hang arena on, that's going to open uh, in in I guess later this year. Yeah, and the A10 has already said, hey, look, for the next two years, next season, starting next season, and in twenty five, they will hold the A10 women's basketball tournament in Henrico County at that brand new facility with Dennis Bigmeyer and the Richmond Tourism Group uh, in charge of that. And uh, that's a cool thing. We were talking about how they've already basically booked this uh, convention center for a year in advance. I got like, we, you know, every weekend moving forward for at least the next year, even before it's open, that they have already, uh, you know, booked up a lot of events to include the A10 Women's Tournament in 24 and in 25. Yeah. Called the Henrico Sports Center. Oh, I like that. Center. I like that. Yes. Live from Henrico Sports, Sports Center. Center. And what is it, 3,500 seats like when, that, they, yeah. when they have events mm-hmm. you know, for that, which like is a the great, A-10 Women's yeah, Tournament. Yeah, like, which will be a perfect size for the A-10 Women's Basketball Tournament. It's yeah. not too small, and it will look good for television when you get thirty about you know, 25,000, 3,000 yeah. fans in there. Great home court advantage for Richmond and also VCU. So it'll, it'll be it'll be very – it'll look good on, uh, on television. Uh, yeah. 
coming up I, next year. I agree. I think it's great. Um, we've obviously been proponents of that for a long time. Yep. And the bigger arena that's coming a couple more years down the road that hopefully will get us even bigger events as well. All of those Long tur- overdue. I was going to say, all overdue. of those tournaments that have gone through Richmond in the past, you can better believe that tourism group is going to get A-10, ACC, the NCAA. They're already second, working on it, you know, I'm sure. First and second rounds, uh, the, the probably the VHSL with the with the mm-hmm. boys and girls basketball tournament. If it's not at the sports center, at the new arena, all of those events that were here in the past, they'll be at that brand new arena. And more like travel events, AAU events yep. at the sports center yep. mm-hmm. because they have all those basketball courts, all yep. the volleyball courts. I mean, those are big time um, events and bringing a lot of tourism dollar mm-hmm. to our area. It's going to be huge. I mean, it's Richmond, time. it's going to be it a hotbed. long overdue. Yes, it's going to be a hotbed. It's yep. going to be a hotbed. And and for north of the river, you still have, uh, you know, shameless plug, the multipurpose center <laughs> down at Virginia State where you can still host those events. Is that South- place okay, by the way? I saw that story on your newscast about I think some, it, some idiot who yeah. drove a bulldozer. I think in the inside it should be fine. I think he kind of rammed into a doorway Jeez. outside, which is absolutely ridiculous. So... Uh yeah, but yeah it, that that when I saw it, I'm like you gotta be kidding me no kid can't have anything nice right. down there south of the river but yeah yes. yeah I think from the inside it still looks good all right good all right uh, yeah they do have a, a tour planned of the sports center here in a couple of weeks that us media folk will get an opportunity I'm to looking go. forward to me seeing too. the I'm layout I'm gonna try and get out there and see yeah. that that day you know for us you know for us in the media we like to see what the layout looks like so we kind of say oh <laughs> we can have this lay you know television is gonna look like uh-huh. this uh-huh. where we can sit. And, you know, either course side or shoot uh, the games on the baseline. How would that look? So I'll be very interested to see how that how that's yeah. going to look. Sean's yeah. like, where's the sauna? Where's the sauna, the press sauna. You know, where the where the media room is going to be. The media for, room, you know, now you're talking. You know, for food. Hey, that's, that's they, what it's all about. They might have left that out of the uh, plans, out of the blueprint. I doubt Dennis would do I think yeah. Dennis is going to take He'll care of it. He'll take care of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he will, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. That's coming up later this month, as a matter of fact. So they're making good progress yep. out there. And as you said, they, they've got the events already booked. Uh, and obviously, the marquee one was the announcement with the A10. Yeah, Pretty and kudos cool. and kudos to the to the conference for doing that. Like yep. I said, it's not open, but the, but they trust the the folks with Big Meyer and, and his people that they that however it's going to look will look good for the A10 women's tournament to be held there for two years. Tom Yeager's a part of that as well, the former CAA commissioner for many many years. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a trust factor built there that. You know, when he's part of the explanation process ah. of what it's going to be, he certainly understands from a college commissioner and yep. conference standpoint, you know, what's needed. So, may have the CAA women's tournament coming soon, even though we don't have, you know, that could that could happen. It, it, it could. I'm not <laughs> sure any event is on the table. If Jaeger's, if Jaeger, like you said, if Jaeger's involved, he'll he'll probably get this a, point. He'll so, get a few. So, good start. Good start for them. We're looking forward, looking forward to that as well. Uh, all right, good stuff today. I feel much better, Sean. Thanks. I mean, did you? I, I know we only got like a couple of minutes. Yeah. But we we failed to mention about uh, unless you talked about it earlier this week. The whole Tyler Burton. I didn't. I was about to bring that up, okay. and we got onto <laughs> the topic of the sports. Again? That's you not know dep- what? It's I not don't depressing. know if you said that. On the, it's not that one to me. Is I know there are some people that are probably not very happy about it. I'm sure the Richmond coaches would much rather have him than not have him. Right. But look, he gave him four years. Got his degree and rebounder for the last two years. Got him to the NCAA tournament with Gilly and Golden got his degree and he's going to play at a higher level for a year to give it a shot closer to home it's really hard to you know with the rules the way they are today he's doing what is part of the landscape but that's that rule that coach Mooney I think kind of despised you kind of you built this relationship up for for so long and then all in in one swift move I I understand that part of it too yeah 
I can but, see it from both sides. I feel yep. bad for Mooney for what that, but an opportunity for for Tyler. For Tyler. And like I said, got that degree, got a chance to be in the tournament, and he gets to be closer to home. It's the same that Huseman went through with Kobe Turner. No question. You know, he, he gave Mary. And got he drafted. Had, and then yep. he got drafted. Yep. So yep. that in that case, the stuff works. Yep. Absolutely. See you next week. Yes. I'll All be right. here. AJ, thanks. Appreciate our guest, Kevin Winter from ESPN Radio, Al Galdi, Nats Chat Podcast. Enjoy the NBA Finals. Game one tonight on 1061 ESPN. An orthopedic surgeon makes understanding.